welcome to the ride that is known as Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce. I appreciate you for tuning in this Wednesday evening, hanging out with me for a little while. A lot going on in the world, a lot going on during this time, but I wanted us to take an introspective look at ourselves today. I didn't want to discuss world phenomena. I didn't want to discuss things that are happening in the world or the country, the state or the city, the county or, you know, the town. I wanted to talk about you and me, us. There are a lot of times we focus on things happening all around us and so much happens that it does take our focus away from us, right? But here's the thing. If we don't spend time looking inward, looking inside ourselves, then we'll never be able to right some wrongs or fix some things or change or have self-improvement in our lives. And if what we talk about is self-care, then we have to prioritize things in our lives that might need change. By the way, I am Andrea Joyce, your host. Thank you for tuning in. I am the author of 31 Ways to Self-Care and 5 Steps to Overcoming Forgiveness or Unforgiveness. If you have not purchased either book, they are available on Amazon and also on my website, www.authorandreajoyce.com. I thank you. And as a matter of fact, it's, I, don't, I didn't mention this last time. But there is a giveaway taking place from July 1st to July 31st. I know you're saying, well, Andrew, we're almost done with July and you're just telling us. I do apologize. However, there is a 31 ways giveaway. And if you buy either or both books between July 1st and July 31st from my website, www.authorandreajoyce.com, or if you send me a message, you can email me at authorandreajoyce at gmail.com to set up other ways to purchase. I do take Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, Square, Cat, I did say Cash App. Uh, if you're locally in Atlanta, I can drop your books to you and I do accept cash. Oh, and PayPal. I knew I was forgetting one. If you uh, purchase it that way, you'll be entered into the contest. If you purchase your books on Amazon, I need you to email me or inbox me. Um, I'm author Andrea Joyce on Facebook and um, Instagram, Twitter. I'm author Andrea Joyce and on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me there and send me a message that uh, shows the receipt and you'll be entered in. And the great thing is the prizes are self-care prizes totaling up to $300. There will be three winners. And when I tell you these baskets of self-care are phenomenal, I want to be able to enter myself (laughs) because they are pampering phenomenon. That's all I can say. It's beautiful. Oh, you'll love them. Now, of course, if you live outside of Georgia or outside of the Atlanta metro area, I'll have to mail your goodies. They, I won't be able to put them in a Actually, I could mail them in a basket. So we'll see. But they're baskets of self-care love. And you will love the prizes. Oh, So enter in, enter in, enter in. Now, today, in tune with one of my books, Five Steps to Overcoming Unforgiveness, we're going to talk about forgiveness. Now, This won't be the only time we ever discuss forgiveness because it's so big. There's so many elements. There's so many ways, methods, um, mechanisms to forgiveness. But today I want to focus on what what will happen if you don't remove bitterness and resentment and envy from your life. Very key components. While discussing this, it reminds me of a movie that I watched. And this movie taught me so much. It was for entertainment purposes, but there are times when I can watch a movie and dissect it, and I'll see some messages 
that are spiritual enlightenment. I'll see mental and emotional breakdowns and, and how you can break through some stuff. And this movie is no exception. Now, don't laugh at the name because when I heard it and I was expecting one thing, I got so much more than I bargained for in a good way. Shazam. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie. I don't like talking about movies because I never want to give away things. So if you haven't watched it, please go rent it or see it. I know it's on streaming um, services, maybe Amazon, maybe HBO, Netflix. I'm not sure, but go and check it out. It's a movie worth seeing. But the kid in me who likes um, superheroes, it's excellent. For the adult, adult in me that likes good writing, excellent, of course, as a writer and, you know, um, in the entertainment field with directing and producing, I like it. I like the visuals. I liked the storyline. It was cornball, but great. You know what I mean? So a lot of entertainment. But what I want to focus on is one of the characters. And I'm going to tell you the story, but I still want you to watch it for yourself because there's so much in here. I just want to touch on some basic factors, okay? There's a little boy at the beginning who's in a car with his family, his father and his brother. And they're the kind of family, unfortunately, that a lot of us have. Now, I'm not saying me personally, I'm just saying in general where you have someone who always rags on you. You're like the dumping uh, person. They're always uh, negating anything that you do. They're always negative towards you and your dreams and your ideas. They're always telling you what you can and cannot accomplish. They're, you're just their dumping ground, right? So this young boy is in a car and he has that magic eight ball. You know how you ask a question and you shake it and the answer comes on its screen. So he's playing with it and the brother kind of rats him out. You can tell from the beginning that the brother, the older brother is his father's favorite. You can tell just the way that the father looks at him and looks at the little boy I'm talking about. It's totally different. So they're going somewhere and the brother is like, you told us we couldn't bring toys. Now, first of all, the older brother is like a high schooler. (laughs) why are you all in your little brother's business bring toys come on sir really but anyway so he rats him out and he snatches the magic eight ball from the brother and he starts playing with it or whatever and the younger brother doesn't like it and tries to snatch it back or whatever the father gets distracted and almost runs off the road and so while this is happening this freaky magic happens the eight ball like comes to life it's flashing and has these numbers that are just rolling across it it's 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 really crazy and the boy the little boy is transported from the car to this lair this dungeon this magical place underground is what i feel like it is he gets there and there's like a magician person there and he is the current Shazam an older man older older man and he's holding a staff and he's saying I have brought you here because I'm looking for one who is pure of heart now I'm not going to get into all of everything and so to be tested if you are truly pure of heart these demons come to life And there are seven of them. Who they are are the seven deadly sins. This is so good, like so good. So they're the seven deadly sins. And they come, they are statues, but they're spirits within the statues. And so they subliminally tell you things. They say things, some things you can hear as the moviegoer. And some things I'm sure, you know, they're saying it in his mind. We just can't hear it. And they're enticing him and tempting him to not be pure and to instead go to the dark side so that they can be released. And as they're talking, he's walking closer and closer and closer to the uh, to the sphere that can release them. And so as the current Shazam is watching, as he reaches for it, he uh, strikes the ground and says, you're not pure of heart, you don't qualify, 
you'll never be I forgot exactly what he said he, he didn't say like you'll never be anything it's more of a um, you just won't walk in this path and so immediately the little boy is transported back into the car and he's looking all around like did I dream this but I know it was real I felt like it was real what winds up happening is because he's making such a commotion and hollering and yelling um, the father gets distracted they run off the road almost get hit and as they're all shaking it off and trying to get their minds right the brother and father start fussing at him and dumping on him again this tractor trailer comes and hits them and the father is thrown from the car and is laying face down you don't know if he's going to live or die and now the brother looks at the older brother now looks at the younger brother who all this has happened to and says this is all your fault he dumps on him once again okay so let's fast forward because I'm not telling you the whole story I just want you to get a picture of this young boy who all this happened to fast forward to where the young boy is a grown man now now he's um, probably in his 40s and he's a professor a doctor a scientist he has an assistant that asks people if they've ever experienced a phenomenon that he experienced and there's so many people who are saying the same exact thing then they ask about the symbols blah 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 this one person who they interview actually has recorded what happened to her and as she recorded what happens to her she has the symbols that he's looking for so he writes the symbols on the board seven of them remember seven deadly sins he writes them seven times on the board his assistant touches it but she dies and then he touches it not the symbols but the doorway that the symbols opens up and he's able to walk in as he walks in the Shazam the current Shazam is still there he's still searching for the person to replace him that's what this is all about the the theme of it is that the current Shazam who has lost his powers very weak and is at the end of life is looking for his replacement and so in looking for his replacement that's how the little boy gets rejected so now he's a grown man and he walks through the door and here's the same Shazam who's even weaker in power and he's like who are you and he's like you don't remember me and they go through this thing and he was like well you weren't pure of heart then you and he said well I sure I'm not pure of heart now he walks over to the orb that is evil that holds the seven deadly sins and he touches it and he says I will I choose you so he wants to be evil instead of being the one that's pure of heart and so the orb enters into him through his eye and now the seven deadly sins are loosed and they are all living within him Andrea why are you telling the story I promise you I have a point I just need you to hold on just a little bit longer I have to give you the foundation and so now they're living within him the first thing he does is go to his father's company and when he goes into his father's company to keep it short he goes and the seven deadly sins come out and destroy the father's business kill the people but he himself kills his brother and then he unleashes one of the demons to kill his father this is what I want to talk about today without telling you the whole story and how it happens what manifests I want to talk about bitterness and I want to talk about resentment later on I'll get you the envy part of it so this young boy who has been dumped on rejected made to feel like he did not belong didn't feel accepted didn't feel accomplished didn't feel like he was loved or appreciated has the opportunity to gain power 
even though he's already successful. Remember, I told you he is a PhD. He is a scientist. So he's already accomplished, but that's not good enough for him. It's not good enough for him because he wants to exact revenge on the people who were holding him down, who were dumping on him. And here's the danger in our lives. When we hold on to resentment and bitterness, there's a third part that comes in sometimes called vengefulness, revenge. It's not just bad enough that we have resentment and we know that resentment festers all through you. It's not like you have this little piece of resentment and it stays there and you can flush it out of your system with a drink of water. But resentment breeds bitterness. Bitterness breeds uh, resentment because you're bitter about a thing, whether it's being overlooked, whether it's being hurt or backstabbed, talked about, not selected, being somebody's dumping ground, somebody's floor mat, someone people walk over and don't notice. Whatever that causes, whatever that root is, you now resent them for making you feel this way. You resent them for taking away something from you. You have this resentment. Then you're bitter with it. Bitterness is not being able to see the good in a thing. Bitterness is always seeing things as bad, negative, wrong, shouldn't have happened. You become like a lemon, a human lemon. Everything is yam, 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 yam. Isn't the sky beautiful? Ah, the sky, yam, yam, yam. Hey, what about Janae? Don't you mention Janae's name, I'll fight her. Bitterness. So now you have these two negative emotions festering. Because remember, they don't stay in one spot. Now they're not even staying with one person. So John may have made you angry, but your bitterness has now manifested to 10 other people. Your resentment now goes for a whole group of people. Why? Because you see people living a life you wish you could have lived, but because of what John did or your father did or your mother did or your cousin did or Timmy down the street did to you, you feel you were robbed of that opportunity. So now you look at other people and see what they have and now you resent them and they did nothing to you. Enter in envy. We'll talk about it right after the break. Welcome back to Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce. Thank you again for spending your time with me. I'm Andrea Joyce, the author of 31 Ways to Self-Care and 5 Steps to Overcoming Unforgiveness. Both can be purchased on Amazon or my website, www.authorandreajoyce.com. You can also send me an email request. And right now we are having a giveaway. So you are able to enter in and win prizes valued up to $300. There will be three winners. The drawing will take place August 1st. So purchase your books from July 1st through July 31st in order to be entered in. So as we were talking about earlier, forgiveness, this part of the story that I want to share with you. Now remember, if you haven't seen Shazam, please watch Shazam. It is good and it has many, many, many themes. I thank my son D'Angelo. He is who told me to watch it. He suggested that I would like it and he was absolutely right. So shout out to D'Angelo. The message might have been a little bit different today had I not been obedient and watched the movie. So in this part of our segment, we're going to look at envy and then we'll bring it all together. So this little boy who grew up into a bitter and man full of resentment now is charged with killing the person who has been selected as Shazam. And the way they did this was really, really great because they still picked a teenager, a young man, to fill in the role. So he had a lot of learning to do because he was still a child. 
However, he matured in um, things that he did. I'm not going to talk about his side. I'm going to save that for another topic because there's some deep info or information rather. I'm thinking I'm typing info on that end of it. But the part I do want to focus on when it comes to him is that he was selected, though people would probably have written him off and not thought that he was pure of heart. But his motives were pure. Even though he may not have done the right things, his motivation was pure. Check your motivation as you do things. What is your real intent? You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell people. But God knows. So make sure your intention is good and your motives are godly. When you do a thing, don't do things just for clout chasing. Don't do things just for the fame and fortune. Don't do things so that people will like you or approve of you. If you know they're not right, if you know that morally you have a battle, a problem with them, if you feel like they take away from your values, do the right thing for you. Because listen, at the end of the day, you are the only person who has to deal with you. Yeah, God's going to talk to you in heaven. You know, judgment day is coming. But here on earth, you have to be able to sleep at night. You have to be able to look yourself in the eye and in the face in the mirror. You have to contend with yourself. So make sure that things that you're doing, you have the right motive. You might be doing the right thing, but with the wrong motive. Or you might be doing the wrong thing, but have the right motive as did this young man that became Shazam. So now the bad guy, let's call him that, has decide, has been charged rather with the task of killing Shazam before he fully walks into his power or knows what his mission is on earth, what he's supposed to be here for. That is the charge. Okay, so the bad guy goes looking for Shazam. He eventually finds him, doesn't take that long, and his charge is to kill Shazam. Instead of killing him right away and saving an hour out of the movie, which I'm so grateful he didn't win, his focus got twisted. See, he was holding in resentment and bitterness. So because of those negative emotions, another one felt safe to join him and it was envy and envy was one of the seven deadly sins right or is one because it really is one of the seven seven deadly sins envy manifested because he's looking at someone in the role he wanted to be in someone who was in a role he didn't qualify for someone in a role that he would never be able to be in. And he became envious. So that envy that he felt mixed and coupled with the bitterness and resentment he already had shook his thinking, twisted what he was supposed to do and threw him off task. So just instead of just killing Shazam, which was his charge, now he wants to have a battle of strength. Now he wants to find out about him. Now he wants to hold this and that against him. Envy caused him to get off his task and not be able to manifest the charge because all he could see was, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't chosen. They did this to me. He said I wasn't good enough. He said, I'll never amount to anything. That's all he could focus on. Never once, and this is a real statement and it's an ouch statement and don't be mad at me because it just entered into my spirit. It didn't come from me. How many times do we blame people for what's going on in our lives when it's us that caused the problem? See, even though his father and brother downed him, dumped on him, talked about him, acted like he wasn't even blood to them. Even though they did that, when he had the opportunity 
of a lifetime instead of him doing the right thing which would have gotten him the position he wanted he focused on I want it easy I like this temptation I like the way this sounds this sounds better so he chose to go to the dark side he chose to be tempted and to fall for the murmurings of the seven deadly sins. The current Shazam never held a gun to his head, never held the staff to his head, never said, come this way. He didn't do anything. He just stood and allowed the young boy to choose his path. How many times has God allowed us to choose our path? He knows what's right. He knows what's wrong. He knows what's going to happen should we choose the right path. He knows what's going to happen should we choose the wrong path. He knows. He knows everything. He even knows what decision we're going to make, but that's not the focus. So here we stand at the crossroads. Yeah, we may have had a mother who was a bully and and, and strong and, and downed us and talked down to us. Maybe we had a father who was abusive or was an alcoholic or who never stayed in the house. Maybe we had siblings who we felt were favored, who never had to work as hard as we had to work. Maybe we lived in the PJs, the projects. Maybe we lived in a rat-infested, roach-infested, one-room shack. Yeah, all these negative things around us. But ultimately, decisions lie at our And when we choose, whether we choose right or whether we choose wrong, the decision is ours. Many times we make the decision and when it doesn't work out the way we want it to, we accuse other people. We blame other things for the choice that we made. Well, if my dad loved me, well, if my mom wasn't so severe, well, if my siblings weren't so favored and brat, if they did their chores, if they cleaned up, if we didn't live where we lived, if I didn't have to walk five miles to school, if I didn't have holes in my shoes, if I wasn't hungry, if I wasn't struggling, if he hadn't cheated on me, if she hadn't hit me, oh, we blame everything and everyone. But when... Do we take accountability for us, for our choices? Because just because negative things happen around us does not mean we have to manifest negativity. It doesn't mean just because they said you would be nothing, it doesn't mean you don't have to be. Just because they say you're the least of doesn't make it so. That's what they think. And just like belly buttons, everybody has an opinion, doesn't mean it's necessary, right? Here was this young boy given the opportunity of a lifetime. I just want you to close your eyes and think of the thing that you want the most in life. You've been dumped on, ragged on. People have told you you will be nothing. You'll accomplish nothing. Anything you do is just going to turn to waste. Why are you even here? Why are you on this planet? You've gone through emotional, physical, and mental and spiritual trauma. You may have been abused or molested. You may have been lit up with cigarettes you may have gotten involved in drugs you may have become an alcoholic all these things could be your story but for a moment I want you to push all those stories aside and close your eyes and think of the one thing out of everything that you would love the opportunity to do or the opportunity to have. Do you have it in your mind? I have mine in mind. And I'm going to share mine with you. To own a studio. A production studio. 
where I can film my TV shows, my um, film, and have a stage so I can host my stage plays. One of the biggest dreams I have, where I can turn my books (laughs) to screenplays, my screenplays into film, stage, and TV. Biggest dream I have, one of them. So are you visualizing yours? And as you visualize it, God presents it to you. He says to you, Andrea, Mona, Renee, Tommy, Don, Bob, whoever's listening, put your name there. I promise you that one day you will own You will have, you will do, you will control, you will invest, you something, whatever it is, just remain faithful. Don't give up. Even though you don't see it, you don't see the money for it, you don't see how it will happen, just don't give up. You got that in your mind? Great. Now open your eyes. Look around. Has it happened yet? Has it manifested yet? Are you walking in it yet? The majority of us will probably say no. But remember one of the keys I said? It was don't give up. So even though your mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, grandmother, grandpa, auntie, auntie, aunt, uncle, said whatever they said about you, did whatever they did to you. God said, this is my promise to you if you don't give up. So even though all their negativity is around you, in you, traveling through your ears, you hear it when you sleep, even though those things are happening, God is saying to you, if you faint not, you will walk into the promises I made you and I'm just telling you to think of one because if you're like me God has said more than one thing to you one given you one more than one promise I can't even get it out in your life it's not just one thing there are a couple of things one may be bigger than the other but a couple of things he's promised you and life is going on and as life goes on you give up Well, Andrea, I really didn't give up. I just didn't start. You give up. He says, if you do not give up, that means you need to be working on whatever the promise is before you even see it. You need to be manifesting what's going to happen in your future so you can have it. It's kind of like making ice. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have the ice tray. You have the water. Now all you got to do is put the water into the ice tray. Put the ice tray into the freezer and give it time, you'll have ice. Well, what happens if you don't put the water into the ice tray? You're not going to have ice. What happens if you put the water into the ice tray, but you don't put the ice tray into the freezer? You won't have ice. So you have to work the thing. You know you want ice. So now you got to take the steps in order to get the ice. Are you following me? So in your life, you have to do the steps necessary in order to walk into what God promised you. See, he promised it. But he didn't say, have it now. It's right here. Walk through that door. Open your eyes. Reach out. He said, if you don't give up. That means there is opportunity for you to give up. He's telling you, don't give up. Faint not. In well-doing. Don't stop. Keep going. Because that means there are going to be times 
you want to give up. There are going to be scenarios and situations where you can't go any further, so you feel. But feelings are fickle, temporary. Feelings change like the wind. One minute you're happy, one minute you're sad. One minute you're mad, one minute you're glad. So even though you might be tired, and I'm speaking to myself in this, keep going, keep doing, keep pushing forward. Don't give up. All right. Now, how is the, let's take this back. So the young boy has the opportunity of a lifetime right there in his face. You can become Shazam. And with the opportunity of becoming Shazam, he can turn around what his family has said about him. We don't know where his mother is. I don't remember if they've ever mentioned her in the movie, but it's apparent she's not a part of his life. So he doesn't have the love of a mother in his life. There are many of the us that can say that. Even if you have a physical mom, she may not be loving. Oh, I can't wait to touch on the other side of this. He has the negative talk of his father and brother. Now he has the negative talk of the current Shazam in his ear. He could turn at, well, before, let's take Shazam out because that happens after he does the wrong thing. He has the opportunity of a lifetime. He gets it wrong in all his life. He's bitter, angry, and resentful because he did the wrong thing. Can some of us be honest and raise our hands and say, there are things we have been angry about, bitter about, resentful of, because we chose wrong, because we did the wrong thing, because we said the wrong thing. It was us, it was us. I, I have my hand up, you can't see me, but it was me. It, it, it was my choice, my decision, I did it. And now you have to pay for it. See, instead of him taking the blame that was his, his part of it, and moving on with his life, he has blamed everybody else, lived in resentment and bitterness, and he has not accepted it, which opens him up to the envy and all the problems that come with it. So now, I say to you, Will you own up to your responsibility in a situation? Will you own up to the part you played in the situation? I'm not talking about things that happened to you by someone else's hand. You in no way, shape, or form are responsible for that. I'm talking about the wrong choices, the wrong decisions, being in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, the wrong person. Will you take responsibility for that? Will you own up to it and say, I could have handled this better? We'll discuss more after this break. And welcome back. So, we are talking about being responsible for the part that we are to blame for in a situation when we have chosen incorrectly or wrong or we should have said or should have done or should have thought differently but it backfired and now we're paying the consequences for me I held a lot of bitterness and resentment toward my ex-husband not for what happened during the marriage which that was out of pocket the things that happened in that marriage um and I remember I used to bash him a lot in the marriage a lot but as I matured and a friend helped me to see my part in it not so much 
that I did anything wrong within the marriage, but how I went into the marriage. I was not in love with him. I didn't like him. I really didn't even know him. It's just a fact that I was pregnant before we got married. That was one of the things. The other thing was, it was a rebound relationship. So I wanted to be with someone else. That person did not want to marry me. And so I had hurt feelings. So hurt people do what? Hurt other people. Hurt people hurt people, that's what's said. And I did, I was on a self-destructive path again in my life. It wasn't the first. And so because he wasn't who I wanted and it wasn't a situation I wanted, I had a lot of bitterness and resentment. We were on two different levels, two different pages. Heck, we were in two different books, two different stories. And so we didn't mesh. I didn't want to be in it. I felt trapped. I felt trapped because I came from a family that definitely believed if you were pregnant, you needed to marry who you were pregnant by. I had faced it once before. That's why I said this wasn't the first time. This was my second marriage, the same kind of marriage. I got on the merry-go-round and wrote it twice doing the wrong thing. And I've always said I never repeated a mistake twice. I cannot say that. But anyway, the marriage was the mistake, not the kids. And so I had resentment. I had anger issues. I had bitterness. And when the marriage finally was finished, I was so happy. I was at a pool party to be exact and that party was lit <laughs> after the fact because I, I received the mail I had it in my purse and I happened to be going through my purse and said oh what is this letter because I didn't have a chance to look at it before I read it oh happy day it was a lot of shouting of happiness and joy however even though the marriage ended I still had to deal with him because I had two children with him and they would always be his father so because they were young, he would be in my life too. Because they were too young to talk. Well, they could talk, but not clearly. They were too young to have their own phones. So I had to have them call him or him call them on my phone. Interaction. He would want to spend time with them at times. And so not only did that resentment and bitterness begin building, but I was still holding on to resentment and bitterness toward my own biological father who had abandoned me, who had neglected me, and I hadn't dealt with it. So here comes a person who was reminding me of this biological father of mine. And so at some point, I don't think that I was clear on who was who. I was just angry and their, their, their pictures merged together. And then my first ex-husband, the same thing. So there were three men in my life three men in my life that I held anger, bitterness, and resentment for doing the same thing. And I was just filled with rage. They used to call me the Incredible Hulk, and it was well-deserved because you did not want to see me when I was angry. And so I say this to you because the bitterness and anger I held towards my ex-husband, I played a part in. And that was the hard pill to swallow that my friend, you know, how we were young and we got that nasty castor oil, that clear one, and then that brown one, oh, that brown one, I don't know which one was worse, they both were nasty, it was the brown one that was worse. Remember we had to take it, and if you had a great aunt like mine, it wasn't no, here's some orange juice, no, you're going to take it, swallow it, then you get the orange juice. Well, she gave me a bitter pill to swallow without orange juice. She said to me, but you chose the situation you're in. You didn't have to say I do either time. You could have stood up for your life and said, I'll just be the child's mom. He'll be the child's dad. And that's it. We won't have to see each other every day living under the same roof. He can go his way. I go mine. He support his children. They see each other. They spend time together. Such is life. And you could have saved 
so much frustration. But you chose not to stand up for what you wanted. You chose this. And it's nothing like being the guilty party in a bad decision. I get why home skillet bad guy was so angry. Because you kind of want to beat yourself up. And you put the blame on other people. Because I can be mad at you all I want and talk about you. And drag your name through the mud and to you. But it's hard to do that to me. I feel bad for beating myself up already. But now I have to face the truth that I said I do. I didn't have to. I signed up for a marriage I didn't want with a person I didn't like. I did that. And so years went by where I was just angry at him until my friend gave me a mirror, a figurative mirror, and said, ma'am, look at yourself. What part did you have to play in this situation? You're angry at him when you really are angry at yourself because you chose the situation. So now you've got to heal from what you chose. You've got to forgive yourself for what you chose and you have to pull up that root and move on. And it took a while. When I tell you I would get so angry just at the mention of his name, I would be like, why the fuck do we have to keep talking about this person? Why? Because he was doing things also. It, it, sometimes it's hard to forgive someone when they continually do things to make you angry. So it wasn't just that, but it was a big part of me being mad at myself, angry with myself, non-forgiving of myself for the choices that I made, not for standing up for myself, you know what I mean? So I had to deal with all of that. So I'm bringing this to you. So if there's any unforgiveness in you, if there's any bitterness, if there's any anger, if there's any envy, When you see somebody else in a situation you wanted for yourself and you get angry at them, they didn't do it to you, boo. They just chose differently. So that envy that you feel is unhealthy. It's a deadly sin that can cause you to die prematurely, physically and spiritually. Because when you're all bitter and you have resentment and that envy, anger, that eats away at you. You start looking older. You start behaving older. People don't want to be around you. So I'm telling this to you for your good that you have an honest talk with yourself like I had to. <laughs> Andrea, why are you really mad? Yeah, he did A, B, C, D, E, and F, G, however many letters it was. But if someone else had done A through whatever the letter was, would you be this angry? Or is it because you feel stupid because you were tied to someone? Oh, I hate saying it like this, Holy Spirit, but I I need you guys to get it. You were tied to someone beneath you. Ugh, because that makes me sound a type of way and I'm not. And I don't mean it the way it sounds. What I mean is... I had back then, gold, not like the golden dreams I have now, but I had golden dreams and I actually was rising to meet them. He didn't have any. He was content to play video games for the rest of his life. That's all he wanted to do. We were not equally yoked. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's how you say it without being eh, cringy. We were not equally yoked. And because of it, my dreams were put on hold and I free fell to the ground and crashed. And I was angry because my life had to stop because I couldn't do the things I was used to doing because I was dragging dead weight. And that's honest. That's what made me the most angry because right at the point when I was able to start flying, my wings were clipped and I was angry about it 
because I chose for them to be clear. First of all, I didn't have to associate with him. If I had just taken time to heal instead of one way of getting over somebody is to get underneath somebody else. Whoever said that needs to get slapped. <laughs> I really dislike that saying. And I dislike that it was promoted. And I dislike that I fell for it. Worst advice ever. No. When you are heartbroken and hurt, you need to heal. And your healing could take a week. It could take 10 years. But you need to heal and shut down everything so you don't destroy other people's lives but no I didn't so I was angry I was resentful because my life <laughs> was beginning to I was in my I don't know how old I was in my 20s somewhere I was beginning to rise I saw it and it was snatched away so I was angry bitter I had resentment then things were happening within the marriage. There was infidelity that would not stop. And my heart didn't hurt. My heart was like, I don't care about you anyway. I'm not going to be sleeping with you, so there's that. It was my ego. Because you're embarrassing me for the whole... It was like you're doing it on purpose. So the whole world could see and laugh at me because I chose you. <laughs> so my ego... Let's add that to the, the, the uh, fray. Add that into the negative things that are going on. Pride, negative emotion, definitely is. And so I share that with you today because I was not able to heal from the entire situation until I was honest and saw where the roots of the anger, the bitterness, and the resentment came from. Well, I knew as a whole, it came from my daddy issues. Thank you, Ty Johnson, for writing that book. If you don't have it, you may purchase that on Amazon or reach her on uh, Facebook. I had daddy issues. But even though I had daddy issues, this issue was separate from that. This was you're with someone you shouldn't be issues. You're with someone you don't respect issues. You're with someone who doesn't respect you issues. You shouldn't be together issues. Unequally yoked issues. You see what I'm saying? Even though I was still dealing with the unresolved feelings and emotions from my father, the situation had nothing to do with that solely. It had to do with my choice. I didn't have to. I'm grown. I could have chosen to sit my behind down somewhere and heal. I could have chosen, oh, oops, guess what? Mm, I have a bun in the oven. But instead of marrying you because I know I don't love you, let me just raise my child and you help. Let us co-parent. I could have chosen that. <sighs> when you think about things, sometimes you got to sigh because... You're so hard-headed <laughs> and you just want to beat yourself up sometimes. Like, come on, don't be hard-headed for every reason, for everything. But in the movie, he never had an opportunity to see his faults. Oh, there were repercussions, and I really want you to watch Shazam so you can see the repercussions of his choice. Because he didn't choose healing. He chose revenge. The revenge, the anger, the bitterness, and the resentment got the better of him and brought about envy. And envy corrupted him completely. He was doing things he was not charged to do <laughs> because he wanted to feel vindicated. That's another thing. People cannot make you feel valued. Yeah, it's important for a parent to love on their children. It's important to pour positive words over your children. Please hear me. That is very important. But I need to talk to my adult babies right now. If that wasn't the case, if they did not, 
I need you to pour them onto yourself and into yourself. Don't go looking for validation in other people. They can't validate you. Most of the people you want validation from aren't valid themselves. They can't validate you. They don't have a leg to stand on. So stop looking for it in other people. Your approval doesn't come from them. Your acceptance doesn't come from them. It comes from you. Just like no one can make you happy. Happiness comes from you. We're not talking about joy. I said happiness. Joy comes from God and knowing what he can do. But that's a different topic for a different day. But I need you to stop looking to people to validate your work. To validate your worth. You know how sometimes we do things for our boss because we just want to get a pat on the back? Bump that. You're supposed to give your best at work as unto God, not unto man. What does that mean? God gifted you to be there. God gifted you and skilled you and gave you talents to work it. So work it the best, period. Regardless if someone says well done or not. The mere fact that you did your best, God's already saying well done. Can you hear him? And people, so what? They don't like your afro. They don't like your natural look. They don't like the complexion of your skin. They don't like how your eyes are shaped. They don't like the size of your nose or the the length of your lips. So what? They don't like your clothes. They don't like your shoes. They don't like your back. So what? Validate yourself. Do you like your hair? Do you like your skin? Do you like your lips? Do you like your clothes? Do you like your bag? Do you like your shoes? Well, if the answer is no, then we need to have another talk. Because don't you know you are a priceless gem? Don't you know you are a creation of God and how he made you is beautiful? Everyone's not meant to look the same. And beauty is indeed in the eye of the beholder. Just because those nine people don't find you beautiful doesn't mean that one will not. But the one I want to really find you beautiful is you. It took a long time for me to get over myself. A long time to come out of my self-hatred, my self-loathing. Didn't like my dark skin because I was teased about it. Now everybody in the sun trying to get as dark as I am. (laughs) But I'm blessed with it. God made me phenomenal. (laughs) So you have to build yourself up is what I'm saying. In order to pull out the roots of bitterness, resentment, anger, envy, all those negative emotions, and there are many more, you got to start feeding positive emotions into yourself. Starve negativity, feed positivity. That's how you defeat it. And it's not an overnight thing. It takes time. Just like it took you all those years to hold on to that resentment, to build up a case for anger and bitterness, Now you got to give time to the positive side. So start your day with affirmations and mean them. Say them until you mean them. I don't care if you have to repeat them every day for 30 days until it becomes a habit and it gets into your system. Believe them. You are talented. List out. You know what works with affirmations? Why? I am beautiful. Why? Because my skin, my eyes, my lips, my hair, my nails, my blah, blah, blah. Give me some reason. Because now, not only are you affirming yourself, you're backing it up with proof. I'm intelligent. Are you? How? Well, I know how to add two plus two and make it equal four. (laughs) Well, hot diggity dog, you are intelligent. And I know it sounds silly, but for some of us, We need those additional steps in order to believe what's already there. And I'd rather you spend your time feeding your positivity than giving you room to doubt who you are. So this week, you have an assignment. I want you to put together 10 affirmations and 10 affirming, affirming, descriptions 
reason, explanation, summary of that affirmation. So I just gave you one. I'm beautiful. I love the way my hair shines in the sun and my skin glows, blah, 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 blah. No, you don't have to turn this homework in. No, I won't know if you did it or didn't do it. I'm not going to ask God to tell on you because you know God will. But this is for you. To empower you. So if you want to be empowered, if you want to be freed, if you want to be released from those negative emotions so you can forgive people and to forgive yourself, you'll do the assignment. You'll be obedient and follow the directions that I only spoke to you. I didn't give them to you. This came from God. I never even thought about this. This is like blowing my mind right now. Now I got another assignment. But it's about releasing negative emotion. The more you feed the positive and starve the negative, the more you can control it and confront it and pull it up and out of you. Pray. Always pray. And ask God, please, Lord, I'm dealing with anger issues. Can you help me? I did it. I'm not telling you anything I did not do. I prayed and prayed and prayed. I had bad anger issues. Can I just tell you something before I get off this phone? I had issues with anger so bad that one day while going to Walmart to buy a TV that was on sale that I did not need, but it was shop therapy. I had had such a rough day. This is when I was married and I was just angry and bitter and had the resentment in me. So I needed a distraction, and the distraction was buying this TV. Oh, I wanted this TV so bad. I don't even remember what kind it was, what size it was, what it did, what the sale was. I remember nothing about it. And this woman was pulling out of a parking space. And I put my blinker on, waited for her to back up. We waved at each other. I go to pull in, and this woman zooms into the spot, looked at me like nana nana boo boo. I didn't think. I went around the parking um, the parking lot at breakneck speed, and I was going to bash her car in with my car. I'm being very honest with you. I'm being very honest with you. I was full of rage. It wasn't even anger. It was rage. I had turned into the Hulk behind the wheel of my car. The only reason I am talking to you today that I'm not locked up or dead is because her child who couldn't have been any more than three or four stepped out of the car you could see the terror on her face and he was crying the only thing that stopped us all from a very horrendous situation was that child and I'm telling you this because I had a I had an issue and I needed help. Everything I had been dealing with all of my life came down to that one moment in time when I couldn't get the parking space I was waiting for. Everything I had dealt with up until that point was on my shoulder. And that day I had had enough and I was going to take charge. Never thinking about the repercussions. What about my daughter? What about my son? What about my family? I'm going to jail or I'm gonna die because on the impact, I don't know. Never thinking about any of that. But that anger, that rage just took over me. And Hulk smash, that's all I wanted to do. But thank God, God because he sent an angel in the form of her son little baby three or four years old and turned my car so I could see before I did anything crazy the thought itself was crazy but to actually do the action would have changed our lives forever that day as she stood there holding her son and shaking you could see it all 
with tears streaming down my face, I pulled away. I pulled over. I don't even know where I pulled over to. I put my hands up and said, God, please help me. I'm going to kill somebody because I'm angry. Help me get rid of this anger. And slowly but surely, he did. I'm not going to tell you here in 2021 that I don't get angry. (laughs) I do. But when I tell you it's lightweight compared to then, oh, I've gotten angry. But then the other part of me shows me that video. I had that video on pause. So whenever I need to be reminded of what anger can do, I can press play and be like, ooh, it is not that serious. Never that serious. So when I do get angry, I remind myself and talk to myself about the repercussions of what could happen if I feed into that anger. So I'm telling you now, prayer works. It works, it works, it works, it works. I know we don't want to hear it sometimes. I know I didn't. Every time I heard somebody say pray, I wanted to punch them in the face. Like, that's not going to help. But it does. It's the reason why I'm free and not in jail or free and, and not hurt or free and not dead. Prayer. So I say to you this week, pray. Pray to be released from any of the negative emotions you may be feeling. We just touched on bitterness, resentment, anger, and envy today. But there are many more. We'll talk about it. Ask God to help you to forgive yourself and to forgive other people. Can I be real with you? Ask God to help you forgive him. Even though we don't like to talk about it, there are times in our lives when we're angry with him because he didn't do something we wanted. He didn't roll out the way we wanted him to roll out. He didn't do it in the time we needed it done, so we thought, so we get angry. So ask him to release your anger. And then your homework, your affirmations, pen. And not only your affirmations, but your affirmation breakdown so that you can see why you're beautiful, why you're intelligent, why you're fun, why you are more than a conqueror, why you are a business owner. Believe in yourself the way God believes in you. He knows your future. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. I appreciate you. Deep conversation today, and I pray that it helps you and that you're able to move forward and walk forward in your life. Thank you for tuning in to Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce. I'll catch you next week.